right, welcome to another episode of the Streaking Lawn Podcast. We we call it a new season, I guess. I mean, we we take a little bit of this uh, summer off, but I've got Caroline back with me for uh, the first episode of our our new nineteen twenty season. How's it going? Hey, it's good. It's a uh, you know it's a new season, but we're still reigning national champions in basketball oh. and cross. Oh, we so, sure are. Yeah, which is awesome. So um, I'm all for that. Yeah, and it is uh, the focus uh, of our season opener, uh, so to speak, is we've got uh, a national champion special guest. All, all our dear Hokie listeners out there are going to get another <laughs> chance to sort of understand what it's like to win a national championship. But certainly all you who listeners out there, I'm sure excited to hear our interview uh, with one Ty Jerome uh, which we'll get to in a few minutes, but uh, we just want to uh, let everybody know that we've got um, some good content uh, going around this summer about all the sports uh, during this summer break from the school year. So um, be looking uh, at the blog for states of the program uh, for everything a few of the weeks. And then we're cranking into football time. I mean, it is not far away. Uh, so we'll be having uh, plenty of podcast discussion about that, as well as articles on the blog. Are you? Yeah. Excited? By the time by the time they listen to this, it is officially August, and it will be officially bam. football season. So bam, bam, bam. Yeah, I'm and excited. I think this is you know we got the coastal favorite Virginia Cavaliers. Ugh, uh, ugh, I don't, which I don't like it. Makes I don't me like feel it. comfortable, yeah. but also excited. Um, so yeah, I think they're that good. And we'll get into yeah. all of this. I, I don't think it's unwarranted. <laughs> no, uh, it makes not at all. Sense. Um, but it's, it's still just, like, it's weird. Ooh. Yeah, it's ooh. weird. It's weird. Ooh, awesome. ooh. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, let's get right to it. Uh, this is Carolyn and I chatting with uh, Ty Jerome about the NBA and, and obviously his time here at uh, the university. So uh, enjoy. Yeah, so we're super excited to have a guest today. We're back after a little bit of a break, so we thought we'd really kick things off. And uh, we have national champion, this will never get old to say, uh, Ty Jerome on the podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, we're excited to have you. Uh, has it settled in yet that you're a national champion and an NBA player <laughs> yeah. now, actually? A lot of things have happened in Ty's land. Since. A lot of news. Yeah. Yeah, those, honestly, no, I, I don't think it will ever, like you said, will ever get old or ever fully settle in. It's just crazy to, um, you know, accomplish that dream and then um, then get drafted and accomplish that lifelong dream. So it's just crazy, but um, just finding the balance of keep working because, um, you know, how much, um, you know, I have uh, bigger goals too, but this is still crazy to think about. What was the whole draft process like? Obviously, like where were you for draft night and how much advance notice do you get when, you know, and obviously you were part of a trade too. So obviously things go really quickly, but what was that whole experience like? And did it, I mean, it just in your words, what was it like to go through that whole like, achieving a dream at one level? Obviously you have other stuff you want to do, as you said. Yeah, it was honestly extremely stressful. Um, like I remember, so I chose not to go to the draft. Um, so I, I watched it at home with a bunch of family members. It was extremely stressful. Like once you got, like once I got like right where in my range of all the teams that I knew were um, considering picking me, I was just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then um, usually uh, your agent, like some agent, just texted me like right before. Um, and the good thing about my trade is like 
we knew um like the Suns actually picked me so it wasn't like somebody picked me and they traded me so like mm-hmm. they just got they said a trade for that pick so i didn't have to go through the whole thing like getting drafted by one team and then getting traded from that point so like, i knew the whole time it was the Suns, um but i didn't know until like you know two minutes before you know i heard my name called so it's just crazy just sitting there um for i guess 20 sitting there for 23 picks I mean, just being really anxious and yeah you know, from like pick from like pick 18 at 24 it was like the longest 30 minutes of my life <laughs> was phoenix one of the teams that you were expecting uh, that was interested in you yeah i knew they were really interested but um they didn't have a pick in that in like the 20s mm-hmm. um so it was 32 so i we just didn't know if they would actually go to trade um into the 20s but they talked about it they talked about it, doing it so i'm just really happy it happened um, first, did you have any input on DeAndre's cool shoes? <laughs> I what, which ones? The ones for the draft, the shiny ones. <laughs> oh, oh no, I didn't. I didn't. That was all him. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. He looked pretty good. Um, but one of the guys that other people that followed the team obviously would know is Cam Johnson going early to the Suns too. Did you have any sort of relationship with Cam beforehand, um, other than like you know playing against him in the ACC? And how close have you guys gotten? No both went there yeah not at all honestly um i mean like, like you said we played against each other obviously like, probably four times now five times maybe um and you know so we just, you know, both had tons of respect for each other and then you know right after draft night we spoke and then you know got out to phoenix together and hung out in vegas for like 10 days so uh, we've gotten pretty close pretty quickly Awesome. And if we, uh, we want to make sure we get all the highlights of, of your time uh, in the tournament this year, I mean, we've talked at such great length. Everybody's been writing about this championship. What a, I can't imagine what it's like to be part of like this greatest turnaround story in, in sports. I mean, it, it, it's, not, it's not crazy to call it that. Um, the impact that's had on you guys. What has that been like to be part of this whole story over the past couple of years? Yeah. Um, well, you know, first, I guess when the loss of UMBC happened, it's just like, you know, it basically just hit rock bottom. So it's just like everything is, honestly, it's like the world was ending. Like just to hit that point that night and like to think back on it now, obviously I have a different perspective on it because I guess it, you know, helped, us, you know, start that journey to the national championship, but then just to be a part of that story, um, you know, I guess it, it's just an unreal feeling. I feel like, it, you know, somebody wins a national championship every year, but I don't know if somebody will ever, you know, have a comeback like that to win a national championship ever again. So, Yeah. And, and when you look at the whole tournament and the six-game run, um, just how absurd, like, the whole thing was. Was there ever a moment – I mean, like, there's so many games we could pick out several – just absurd things and spend an hour and a half on each one. But um, when you look back, was there a game that stood out the most where you're like, ah, shit, this is it. This is how it ends. Like, especially in those last three games that were so dramatic. Honestly, the biggest uh, shit moment I had was probably against Gardner-Webb. Yeah. Um, Because we were down 14 again, and, like, they were just, like, 28 points, like, like, six minutes left in the first half, and, it just it just felt like it was happening again. Like that was the biggest oh shit moment I had, because mm-hmm. um, all the other games like we were up throughout the entire game, and then um, they either made a crazy run like towards the end or whatever happened. But like the game, it was only like 50 seconds left when when they took the lead, 
So she's like, you have so such little time to think, and she becomes about just doing whatever you can to win, like late in the game. Um, yeah. Like so, you don't really have time to think. Like, oh shit, like Gardner Webb, like when you know it feels like a road game, and they go on a crazy run, yeah. places go crazy. You're down 14 in the first half, you know, with a whole lot of game left. I mean, I guess it's like, oh shit, like you know, how are you gonna respond to that? And when you look back, I mean, that was the biggest – it's just ridiculous when you look at the thing. It's the biggest deficit that you guys faced all season was in that first half to Gardner-Webb. How did you exactly. – well, I mean, yeah, we've ta- like we've heard from you a little bit about, like, what the vibe was like. You could see from watching the game, like, Jack was in the huddle, like, pointing at his head, seemingly saying, like, this is all mental. Like, but what, what got you guys back on track in that first half and allowed you guys to make that run? Um, I think we just – Come, when we got down 14, we called time. When we got down 14, we called a timeout, and it was just basically like, if we're gonna go down, we're gonna go down our way, and you know, don't worry about last year, just focus. But of course, doubt creeped in, and I guess the guys just came out. Um, we just kind of stayed fearless, but also mm-hmm. stayed composed. Um, then we hit a few big shots, and then once we got three or four stops, we set up then. And once our defense really kicked in, it just we just felt like going into halftime, we were down six, but we knew. I think I think every person in that locker room knew like we won. Yeah. Like we got like a, a series of stops going into halftime, and you know once our defense kind of kicked in, and we got really comfortable on offense. Like, yeah. um, so we knew it's basically about just staying composed, um, but also just staying in attack mode and finding that balance. Um, so you know don't want to be too shy, kind of you know don't want to you know let any moment be too big for you, but um, you you can't go away from who you are. And so I think we we found that balance perfectly and responded well. Nice. Ty, can you talk a little bit about Kihei? Uh, obviously one of the big additions to this year's team and, and, and playing in the backcourt with you. What was it like, um, you know, showing him the ropes and seeing the impact that he made, particularly in the tournament? Yeah, he was huge for us all year. Um, but just how close we got off the court, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of my closest friends, and he, he became that way in like a matter of the first three weeks. He got to, he got to school. Um, so then just, you know, him coming in he's such a competitor um so i loved him from day one because of that nice. um he reminded me so much of me just like the way he wants to just compete and and just play and, and all that so um he's a, just an awesome teammate to have a great kid um definitely be you know be friends with him forever it just um and it's on the court just the impact he made for us was huge you know it yeah. helped me so much helped me specifically so much because i was able to get off the ball a little bit and help my shot a little bit when he could you know deliver passes on time so um, and also, he would guard all the little point guards. So it was just great, <laughs> uh, great backcourt mate for me. Um, you know, we, we mixed perfectly. So. Cool. And what went through your mind in that Purdue buzzer beater, uh, the Mamadi hit? Like, you can see both you and Kyle calling for the ball, right, when Kihei tracks down the tip. <laughs> and, and you see him fire the pass, and it's not to you. And it's not to Kyle. Like, what, what was your split second? How much shit were you going to give him if that didn't go in, basically? Um, if that didn't go in, I don't know what kind of – you know, I wouldn't have been in the mood to give him shit. So, like, <laughs> yeah. so, so like I don't know. But um, I don't know. I was shocked they didn't throw to me or Kyle. I guess he just had to – I mean, just I was shocked that he had the presence of mind to make that play, really. So yeah. um, just an unreal, unreal play, like just to make that pass and to – First, to be quick enough to chase the ball down, and then like realize hey, I had enough time to make that pass. That's just like an unreal play. Uh, I, that has to be one of the, one of the best plays ever. 
And to have the Auburn game end with such a crazy sequence as well, and really the national championship game to, to your pass to DeAndre, did all three of those together, I mean, made this this amazing sequence of game-ending plays. Do any of them really stick out to you as as more of like a holy shit, you know, type of moment, or or is it all just part of the big story? Yeah, how do you rank them? Ah, I mean, Rankin was him. Craziest to least crazy, if you have, like, the finish of each game. Um, Just in terms of finishes, like, not not weighing, um, like, obviously the national championship game, like, not having – putting any uh, – like, not having that – not having that have any weight. I'd probably say the Auburn game was the craziest, um, craziest finish. Um, and then Purdue. Oh, that's so tough, though. Maybe Auburn <laughs> and Purdue. That's and Texas Tech, I guess. Yeah. Just, just weighing, just not weighing the like the rounds, the games, but just the finish itself. Um, oh, like Auburn, we were down, we we're down five. What five or five with like fourteen seconds left? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. So that's like unheard of, you know, to win. And then, I mean, the fact we actually were up ten with like three minutes and we blew it first. Yeah. So um, it's just crazy. So that's yeah, still crazy. Oh man, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I just keep thinking about no, the shot no, no. Kyle hit, the three he hit before the free throws, even yeah. like that. Exactly, like he hit him like those. Insane. Exactly, like just for all that to happen, and um, that kid to miss a free throw it was just for all that to happen. Like it was crazy. Uh, I was in the loudest bar I've ever been in watching sports, but when Kyle got fouled, enough people saw that he got fouled, so it was a weird. Like there wasn't the the cheering of Auburn fans or anything. It was just like a wait. I think he got fouled. The whole place shut down. It was, yeah, I did not yeah. I, in the arena. I legitimately did not hear the whistle, and I heard the guy announce in arena that Auburn won. And I was kind of like, why isn't anybody getting off the court because <laughs> of where my seats were? Yeah. Um. And so, did, what in that moment? Like, did you hear the whistle? I, it seemed like the players had a much better sense of what was happening than like all the fans because. Mm-hmm. Well, and, or the media, because yeah, I, I was sitting behind the basket. Yeah, I mean, I was right there, but I don't think the, I don't think our bench fully heard it. Um, I don't think all of our coaches fully heard it. Um, I remember like Dre pointed at him and was like, "You got fouled! Like you got fouled!" Like I don't know if he was trying to convince himself or trying to tell Kyle. But, and then Kyle was like, "I know." <laughs> but everyone didn't hear. But I mean, I was close enough to hear it. God, that was. That was insane. Ty, I'm curious, what's it like playing basketball, the two, you know, biggest games of your career, playing that in a football stadium like that? Is that – they talk about on TV all the time that it could be a little weird shooting, background, angle, you know, whatnot. Does it make any difference to you? Did you feel any differently? No. I mean, yeah. I think we actually – like, we put up 85 in the chip. And, yeah. You know, so, like, that was, like, one of our better offensive performances, to be honest. So, it didn't really affect us, but – um, I think it's just it just makes the moment that much cooler. Like it's a moment, especially I don't know about every kid, but like I didn't grow up watching NBA basketball, I grew up watching college basketball. So like I grew up watching the Final Four and you know, March Madness like the biggest part of the, the biggest time of the year for me. Mm-hmm. Um like it just makes the moment you dream about like that much cooler when you walk in the day before and like have your practice in that arena or like we had a closed practice day before the national championship and like just being in that arena um when no one's in it is, is unreal. The grandeur of the whole thing is kind of what I'd never been to a final four either as a fan or covering anything. So walking in and like 
y'all's locker rooms uh, like I don't know fat heads whatever like on the outside that like just yeah exactly pictures of you guys and all that stuff like it was really cool um going back a little bit just to the this was I was the first one it was a huge deal to Virginia fans of all ages when you guys got back to the hotel team hotel in Louisville I caught the tail end of that a little bit the place was nuts obviously you knew this was going to be a big deal like getting to the final four winning a national championship all those things are a big deal but did you fully expect the audience or the reaction that you got like when you got to those things honestly no i think there's so many so many like cool things about winning the national championship i would say it's like the first being like you know you have a goal you work for it all season then you work for it all season and they actually accomplish it like only one team does that so that's the first thing like wow, we actually did it. And um, sometimes me and Jay still text each other like, wow, we actually won it. That's awesome. Um, and then, um, but then like just to see how much joy we brought to the school and the city is like unreal. It was just, it was so unreal. Um, it made it like, it just it felt amazing to see like all, how happy all the students were and, <laughs> and just to see a city going, going crazy. crazy. And, yeah. And just, that was just, that just felt like I'm just, I was so, I felt thankful for all, all their support. Um, it was just so unreal. Like, I wish I could express that in a, you know, a bigger way to everybody, just how much we appreciate the support and how cool it was to see the joy we brought to everybody. Like that really meant a lot. That was really cool. That's oh, too cool, man. Um, and we know we've only got you for a few more minutes, but we, we haven't even brought up coach Bennett yet. So I got to ask, <laughs> yeah, <a couple> times. <laughs> you know, um, tell me what, what your relationship with coach Bennett is like, even as far back as, as, getting recruited how, how do they get a guy from new york to come down to virginia uh, and play for him so the third actually you know i don't know this story has been told a lot by coach mm-hmm. Bennett actually so um my 10th grade year that spring he was there to see somebody else i was playing against and then you know he was like oh that kid's okay like he's pretty good and um they sent me like a few letters in the mail um but i didn't have any contact with him and then Fast forward to that July, um, in the Under Armour Finals, um, like the that week, like the whole week of like the Under Armour Final Tournament, and the very first game, we were like a backcourt in the morning. Coach Bennett came to see a, a kid in the other team, and he was like, "Oh, that's that same kid." And then you know I had a good game, so he followed me that whole week. I just had a really good week, and um, you know he brought his assistants out to you know watch the rest of the week, and I think it was Coach McKay at the time actually. And then um, yeah. after, after that tournament, uh, he called me, he offered me, and um, just had a – he was like if he was the first high major coach to offer me and uh, first high major coach to believe I could play at that level. Um, and just the the, you know, the confidence he had in me and the way he spoke about um, the program, the way he spoke about me and the vision he had for it, um, and just the way he was building that program. So when I was a sophomore, that was like their first year being good. Um, and how he just built that, like you went there and await and just built it up, built it up, built it up. And um, he basically believed in me and challenged me to kind of continue that tradition. Um, you know, I really wanted the challenge and um, really trusted in him. Nice. And there was in the same vein, just kind of that transition that you guys ushered in following like the Joe Harris and the Malcolm Brogdon years. Um, you come in with this class, like SB Nation posted today about, you know, the number four recruiting class of the decade with you guys, you know, Kyle, Ty, Jay, um, adjacent Mamadi with the, you know, red shirting. But um, what is that like coming in with those guys? Obviously you guys were so close, like you nicknamed the big three, like 
by us. I don't know if you guys know that you're called that, but um, you know, you come in with those guys, you're clearly really good friends with them. Like you have a great rapport with Dre and got like, and then to take Virginia from what coach Bennett had built, bringing in Joe Harris and Akil and all those guys and then taking it into that next step. Yeah. I and mean, like you said, it's just, that's literally like a storybook ending. Um, yeah. Like the whole thing. I remember our freshman year, like, our freshman year, I'll never forget, we were practicing for Spain. So we were there, like, all summer having special practices. And then we were staying at the cabin. Like, there was this time period where we were there where all students have to go home. So we were staying at the, top, the cabin when we were practicing. And I remember, like, me, Dre, and Kyle, and Jay were walking back after practice. And we're like, man, two years, we could be so good. And, like, I will <laughs> never forget that. And, like, two years later, we won a national championship. So just to have those moments and, like, to actually think like wow we can actually do something special and to go out and do it and you know do it like like you said a, a group of guys you're so close with it's like it's really a story it's like a storybook ending i don't know if you can you know write a better story than that yeah Absolutely. I, i'm not creative enough definitely <laughs> <laughs> i mean the whole run if you wrote it as a story or movie script people would say it's like too disbelief yeah. you know, like they send it back it. with edits and they're like clearly they would not <laughs> there's no way that, that shot goes in and then that shot goes in and <laughs> <laughs> right like if you if that's like a like a movie you see and yeah. you're like no nah, i can't that can't happen in real life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're gonna have to preface it like based on a true story like you see um what if i told you yeah what if i told you uh soon hopefully um, okay, so last thing that we like to do is a little rapid fire, just a few questions. Um, so first thing that comes to mind. Okay, you ready? Is it like one word or a sentence? Oh, you know, you can give like multi, you just like a regular short answer. answer. Just short answer, <laughs> quick fire. <laughs> okay, I think I'm ready. Okay, best food spot on grounds. Now and then. It's not on grounds, but it's Ooh. close enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I'm, a, I'm a big sushi person. That counts. All right. All right. Uh, low key funniest dude, like guy that people wouldn't think would be that funny on the team. <laughs> um, I mean, I can't, I can't not say Dre. Like everyone knows he's funny, <laughs> but I can't, I can't, especially like us together. I can't, I can't go away from that. <laughs> Scariest coach. Well, like, honestly, Marco, oh, no. Marco, but Marco. Marco. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. okay. Yeah. I dig it. Um, scariest coach when they get mad. Probably Coach Bennett because he'll be like just talking, just talking in like his regular voice, and like his next word will be at the top of his lungs. So they throw you <laughs> off guard a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a scary feeling or just like a what what just happened. <laughs> does he does he ever cuss when he gets really mad? Very rarely, and if he like says shit, I'll say oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, what would you? So who would play you in the movie? we're making this Virginia basketball movie story. Who plays you? I want to play myself, honestly. I always <laughs> oh, want to act a little okay. bit, so I'll go play myself. All right. I like that. Okay, and last one. Who's a guy on the team that people might not be aware of yet, but you think is going to have a breakout season next year? Hmm. Honestly, I think Kihei and Mamadi. I, I, the first guy that came to mind was Braxton. Yeah. But when I say Kihei and Mamadi, because I think – um, people don't know how good they are. I think they just think like they're really good role players. Like mom yeah. is like a super like special talent. I think people will really see that next year. And then I think people, you know, throughout the whole season, I saw like all the shit Kihei got. So I think people, you know, obviously got the tournament run, they understood how good he was. But I think yeah. throughout the full season, like he'll show everyone how good he is too. 
and then of course Braxton the first guy that came to mind. But I think next year they're um, you know really underrated right now. I think they have a lot of guys coming back still, even though you know we had our little mass departure. They have a, a lot coming back, so I, I'm excited for it. Awesome. All right, last one, last one. Better wingman, Dre or Kyle? That's not fair, but Dre. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, can't, Kyle can't give me the same attention. He's married. So yeah, he has a wife. <laughs> Congratulations to Kyle and Alexa, by the way, on their Absolutely. beautiful wedding in Hawaii. Actually, I can't. Yeah, I can't shout, out, shout out to them. I was, you know, super. I, I know you see all the jokes like I make on Twitter and all that, but um, <laughs> that's like that's awesome. Just to, you know, and I saw the wedding videos and all that. So that, that seemed unreal. So definitely shout out to them. Good stuff. I can't let you go without um, being a New Yorker, Ty. I gotta have you answer: Is is Bodo's legit, or are we just we don't know the good stuff? Okay, Bodo's is a tiny bit overrated. Like, <laughs> See? Oh my god! I, I knew that was coming. Yeah, <sighs> it's good though. Like I'll go to Bodo's. It's just like I remember the first time I had it. They were like, "Oh, it's Bodo's. Like it's, like, it's the best bagels like in the world." And I was like, "Okay, like let's, let's see." <laughs> and it was just very regular. It's just very average. But like, I'll go. I'll go. It's definitely the best thing <laughs> oh, about Charles, All right. So I'll go. Thank you so much for coming on. Are people going to get to see you at the banner celebration? Um, in the I, I believe so. I believe very so. Cool. Training camp doesn't start till a little bit after that. So I'll definitely try to come back. Very cool. We got to see the ring. Um, so we'll have to get a picture. <laughs> Make sure we show everyone the bling that you guys are getting. But Thank you for very sure. much for taking the time to chat with us. Really appreciate it. And you're welcome anytime on the podcast. Thank you guys so much. Uh, so that was so much fun. Uh, thanks again uh, to Ty uh, for uh, coming on and chatting with us. Uh, it's so cool to hear just that, like, the the emotional impact that we all feel yeah. and that you you know it's it's funny in those post game and you get some of that from these guys and, and ty was probably one of the more uh candid yeah uh, players absolutely yeah. Had recently, <laughs> for sure uh in those 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 post game official interviews but just it's so cool to get them on and to hear him uh express you know what they feel as as a team yeah. behind you know with the city and a university and this yeah. fan base behind them uh it's also cool uh, that I they feel text validated. each other <laughs> yeah it's also cool that you know ty text dre to be like can't believe we did that and like i text my buddies being like i can't believe they did that oh, so for you sure. know it's we're all on the same page there and we've continued to collect at streaking the line breaking podcast news about coach bennett cursing we we've gotten now three former <laughs> bennett players uh to open up about it so you know we're gonna have to catalog these i think a few more a it few sounds more like deaths. it's getting less um wasn't jo- joe harris's was the well, I, I, you know you gotta go back and listen folks for the joe harris story <laughs> go back um, in the archives if you haven't it, it, it is the, the pinnacle of my sports blocking career <laughs> Uh, well, but that anyway, like two years ago, Pierce. I know, I, it, right? It's all been downhill since then, except for probably this podcast with Ty. Yeah. Uh, I can't emphasize enough um, how how much fun that was. So, uh, Ty, if you're listening, thanks again uh, for chatting with us, Caroline. As always, thanks for being with me, and we'll be back very soon um, to preview football season and uh, probably talk about more basketball, more soccer, and other things coming up as well. Uh, but until then. Uh, for everybody at Streaking the Lawn, I am Pierce, and we'll see you next week. Go Hoos!